Welcome everyone to the Pro Football Doc Week 13 podcast. I'm Thomas Casali with Pro Football Doc, Dr. David Chow. Doc, happy Thanksgiving week. How was it? Uh, did you have a good time with the family and everything before you had to break down all the injuries? A busy week. Uh, you know, honestly, a regular work week might be easier between a little <laughs> ski trip and family stuff and then football. <laughs> the regular week might be easier. <laughs> Yeah, well, you did find time to hunker down on Sunday. We're going to get to the key injuries just for everyone out there. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have all videos up all week discussing the uh, latest injuries. You can follow us at ProFootballDoc on Twitter and see all our updates at ProFootballDoc.com. Well, Doc, there's been, there were some big injuries this week. Uh, let's get... Uh, if we had a poster boy for the show, if we had a, if we could get player rights and we could and we could have one player um, represent the show, I think it would be Christian McCaffrey because we talk <laughs> about him more than any other player in the NFL. I think it just seems like he's always hurt. Uh, came back recently and uh, looks like he's hurt his left ankle. What did you see on the McCaffrey video, Doc? In real time during the game, I have to be honest, with you know seven different games going on, we didn't see much at all. But as soon as the game was over, we went back while we were watching the next set of games with the guys in the command center, and uh, Jacob went through and he found the injury. It's a left ankle inversion sprain, and we made uh, a YouTube video out of it at the, for the Pro Football Doc channel explaining it. It wasn't a horrible injury. It was early in the second quarter. It was very momentary. It was what, you know, anyone on a basketball court might do real quickly. And indeed, he played uh, the rest of the first half and uh, didn't wasn't perhaps as effective. And the second half was very spotty and really didn't carry the ball at all. So it's not a high ankle sprain. It's not severe. Yes, he was in a boot afterwards. But a lot of times that's precautionary. It's not a high ankle spring. But remember, there's also a flight home from Miami and, you know, the whole travel issue. And uh, I would be surprised if he's in the boot much beyond just this very first phase here. And the Panthers do have a bye, which leaves it a possibility that he could return for the Falcons game in two weeks from now. But we'll see. You're right. I mean, right now, uh, at this point in time, by history, McCaffrey seems to return more slowly than what most people predict at this point in time over the last two years. At some point, you have to ask the question, is it the team being protective of him? Is it the medical staff or the injuries being that bad? Or is McCaffrey being protective of himself? I don't know the answer to that. But I think that's a fair question to ask uh, in terms of his recovery timeline. Yeah, and you mentioned the bye week, Doc, and I was kind of thinking the same thing with the, the team. You know, listen, I know the Panthers are technically in the wild card hunt, but man, is that a struggling football team right now. You know, I remember when, uh, when Cam came back and you correctly said in the war room, why is everybody getting so hyped up over Cam? He ran in two touchdowns from a yard away. You know what I mean? Like, then he tries to play quarterback again, and we see he's not the guy. Like, everybody kind of already knows that. And so uh, I, I think that's going to be interesting, like you mentioned, Doc, in a couple weeks, to see if they're cautious with them sitting at, like, five and seven and kind of on the outside looking in for the playoffs. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And, and right now, and I'm not trying to denigrate Cam. I mean, obviously, he's he's had a great career, the whole deal. But the question 
people have to ask now is, is his ineffectiveness in terms of in a pro set offense related to not knowing the plays? And mm-hmm. admittedly, he's only been with the club a short period of time. Or, you know, really, have we really seen Cam sling the football since his two shoulder surgeries that were have now been a couple years ago? I think that's a question that we'll be following uh, at Pro Football Doc, et cetera. Okay, and as Doc said, go to ProFootballDoc.com. We'll have the six scores for every player, for every team, for Week 13. And another player, Doc, who might, might not be as injured as much as Christian McCaffrey, but we talk about him quite a bit, Dalvin Cook. Uh, I, I, that play, that, that, that looked pretty ugly to me. I was surprised it was a shoulder. I saw him grabbing his midsection after, but, I mean, you're the one who broke down the video. What are you seeing with Dalvin Cook, and is he going to miss time, you think? I think he's definitely going to miss some time. And by the way, our six scores will be up by tomorrow at the website and, and otherwise as we project towards so Monday, this, right? Week. Yeah, Monday. Yeah, yeah, Monday morning we'll have them up uh, of the key players who are injured. I mean, Christian McCaffrey's is going to be zero because, A, it's a bye week and, B, he, he, you know, there's no playing for him. And, and Dalvin Cooks is going to be a zero because we don't see him playing this next week at all. I think he's going to miss at least two weeks. It would be great news if he could return for the Week 15 contest, and that would be against the Bears on Monday night. He's got a Sunday, then Thursday game. And with any sort of dislocated or subluxed shoulder, I'm sure there's a labral tear. Uh, I think it's actually good news. If he tore his pec, he'd be done for the season. I think with the shoulder issue, I think he has a chance to return. Uh, Look, uh, the game that was Sunday night, Baker Mayfield, everyone knows, dislocated his shoulder twice with even that uh, uh, indentation fracture or a hill sacks lesion and wears a harness on that left shoulder and plays through. Uh, Dalvin Cook can do the same. I've had NFL running backs have that problem and finish the season uh, that were on my team. I won't say who because I don't know that I always have to get permission before I say who uh, out of respect. And I think Dalvin Cook can come back. Week 15 is a good target. I put the over-under at week 15 and a half for Dalvin Cook returning to play there. But in the meantime, uh, Madison. And obviously I say 15 and a half saying week 15 is good news and week 16 would be a tiny bit slower. That's sort of the, uh, the line that I'm looking at. Okay, and good news for the Vikings. Fantasy owners, the playoffs are starting soon. If you have Dalvin Cook, you might have to make uh, make some arrangements the next couple of weeks. Doc, another big fantasy player got injured this week, uh, Debo Samuel. Now, we're shooting this Sunday night, so everybody knows, so we don't have a ton of information on this one yet. Uh, it's, it's a groin. They're going to get an MRI. He did not return to the game after he injured it. Uh, do you have long-term concerns for Debo right now? Well, long-term, uh, maybe not, uh, but long-term as in, you know, for fantasy playoffs and, and things around the corner, yeah, in the sense that, look, it's always hard to judge muscle injuries. Um, and did Debo go down quietly in the backfield because he felt something tugging and he really went down before anything was really torn and it's really mild grade one or something and that's it? Or would it something more happen? It's very difficult to tell on video. But I don't see a big, sudden, violent movement there for the groin. Certainly, it's very important for him as a wide receiver for his cutting ability, wide receiver slash running back (laughs) for his cutting ability, etc. 
so it is an important muscle for him in the groin. But I don't see it as, oh, my gosh, he's headed for injured reserve. It's a matter of how much time might he miss, if any. And that's still on the table. <clears throat> and, Doc, listen, um, you're obviously the, the professional here, but I, to get your opinion, when I saw the play live, it looked like he almost started going down before he got hit. Did you see the same thing? Oh, absolutely. That's what that's what it looked like it, it happened, that uh, he was slipping a little bit on the turf, and, uh, you know, we talk a lot. And this week on Twitter, I talked some and I saw some followers get really upset because I made a, state, a statement saying that there's no question in my mind in terms of, let's say, for ACL injuries, ACL tears, major knee injuries, that artificial turf is not as good as natural grass, which has some give, right? The current sport grass that we have, artificial turf that we have, is better than the old-fashioned astroturf, carpet-type things. But it's still not as good as grass because the footing is better. And if the footing is better, and as we enter ski season, the tighter your bindings are, the more you have it on advanced or pro-level and tight bindings, the more likely you are to tear your ACL because the ski sticks. Same thing with your foot. If the better the footing, this is, which is why in wet weather, we don't see as many ACL tears because your foot doesn't stick. But the contra to that, uh, as we get a little bit off topic, is on natural grass, when the footing may not be as good or less even, that's where you get some muscle strains. And this is, you know, San Francisco on, on grass there. So uh, maybe that had a component to it. And I'm not blaming the field or the turf, but there's a little bit of give and take in terms of whatever it is for whatever the particular situation. But yes, uh, I do agree with you. He It was his footing and he went down and was already headed down before he was tackled. Look, it may have been he was trying to change directions because he was about to get tackled and then ended up kind of sitting down as he felt his groin. Okay, well, we're going to get into a couple more fantasy players in a minute. But first, uh, one of the big guys up front, Doc, from a game that just ended before we got on, the Browns and the Ravens, Jack Conklin, right knee. Um, Adam Schefter is reporting worry for patella tendon tear, and that is what you saw uh, originally in-game, correct? Yeah, and that's what we posted Sunday night, yep. the patella tendon. And, uh, you know, uh, look at how tough Jack Conklin is. And, and, and that, I think helped change the tone of the game. We were thinking that uh, that uh, the Browns were the healthier side, knowing that they would get Kareem Hunt back, knowing that they would get Jack Conklin back. But Jack Conklin went down, but not because of his elbow. And if you look at the video, his right knee kind of collapses in the beginning. And I posted a Twitter video of him really trying to be pretty heroic. You tear your patella tendon, yet you walk off the field, and that's what he was doing. And even as he walked, you'll see he was kind of stiff-legged to have his leg locked. But when he got it a tiny bit too far bent without the patella tendon, there's no extension of the knee, and he collapsed basically and had to sort of be caught from, from, from falling down. And look, I've been there before where big guys like that will say, I refuse to be carted off. I mean, and they want to walk to the sideline. And then, of course, he got carted to the locker room. So this is one that I don't relish. Quote, look, it's video. You're never perfect, right? But I don't relish being right on this one. And that's what we were saying at ProFootballDoc.com in game. There's no way he's coming back in this game. And quite honestly, it looks like season. And it's going to mean surgery now with Schefter's report uh, confirming it, uh, et cetera. 
Yeah, and the you know the Browns offense is struggling in, in a little bit here. We're going to talk about Baker Mayfield, but let's go to Philadelphia first, Doc. Uh, two two ankle injuries, uh, Jalen Hurts and uh, Miles Sanders. Uh, Hurts didn't miss any snaps, but he was limping around. I was actually at that game. You could see him limping a little bit um, after that after the one tackle there. And Miles Sanders, he, he kind of hasn't been his year. He's been dealing with some injuries. Are you seeing anything serious on either one of those, Doc? I don't know. Did you get out the binoculars or, you know, the, you got any insight for us from... Uh, I was just looking at my watch waiting for the game to end, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, I could have told you the Giants were going to win that game because my son's an Eagles fan. I had to wake up at four o'clock in the freaking morning to go to the game and they end up losing. But um, well, what, what I didn't really I didn't really see the Sanders one good. I did see the, the tackle on the, on the Hurts one and he was kind of limping around the field. But he, uh, as I said, he didn't miss a play yeah and and you know what a good dad you are right i mean <laughs> you took took your son to that to that game and uh at least his favorite player jason jason kelsey came back right i mean yes. uh, yeah yeah thank god so that's but we actually saw both injuries pretty clearly the hurts one we didn't get to until after the game but we put it on the twitter timeline miles sanders one we saw in game and posted on it miles sanders re-aggravated that right ankle inversion ankle sprain he had that really good run at the start of the second half and as he cut back he he re-injured that ankle could he have continued i think he could have continued to do more but you know, as Nick Sirianni said, you know, Boston Scott was throwing the ball better and a, and a re-injured Miles Sanders was available, but may not have been the best option. So uh, we will put out the six score on him, which actually be a little lower than it was this week because he re-aggravated it. But he's definitely not ruled out yet. Uh, we'll see. I mean, in the end, is it Boston Scott? Is it Miles Sanders? And, and where are we with, uh, with, uh, with Jordan Howard? with his knee contusion, right? And uh, uh, whether he can come back. Jalen Hurts, I'm very confident that he will continue to play and be the quarterback, not only because he finished the game, but we got a good look at the video and we posted some of it at the Twitter and uh, at the website, Pro Football Doc. He actually, in the pocket, as Boston Scott was protecting, friendly fire got his left ankle stepped on by Boston Scott inadvertently of course as he was being bull rushed backwards and it mild ankle sprain he escaped Jalen Hurts he finished the game uh, it's a more of an ankle fancy medical term tweak than full-blown torn anything and we'll wait for swelling or whatever I think the worst case scenario he misses a little bit of practice time or is limited in practice uh, but then plays this next week I think Jalen Hurts physically will be okay but for fantasy managers and for dfs players and gamblers etc the question is look if this injury on jalen hurts were to tom brady i would shrug but this injury in the ankle is to jalen hurts and how big of a part of his mobility is his game you got to look at the opponents and everything else before you make your final decisions He's going to play, but, you know, it's not just a binary decision. There's a lot that goes into it. How well and how mobile, obviously, will be the question that we follow. But right now, we're relatively optimistic, and he's going to carry a relatively high six score, but not in the 90s, you know, because of his mobility. Right. Yeah, and the one thing people should keep in mind out there about Jalen Hurts is, 
he he's not Cam. Nobody's that big. But Jalen Hurts is a thick dude. He doesn't run like you know Lamar Jackson. He's built like a running back. So uh, you know he takes a lot of hits. So keep that in mind. Even at the game I was at tonight, he just runs up the middle. I mean, he takes on defenders. So you know, in terms of long term, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out with him. Doc, there's there's three players I'm really looking forward to getting your thoughts on because all three of them, I, I want to know what kind of long-term impact this could have. First is Teddy Bridgewater, who got injured today. Right leg, x-rays came back negative. You know, his body language wasn't great, and he's had that serious knee injury before. Big game coming up with the Chiefs uh, next Sunday night. Is there any concern that Bridgewater doesn't start that game? Well, obviously, start decisions are made by the team, right? And uh, uh, medically, I am not concerned. I think okay. medically, he will be okay. But look, if Teddy doesn't feel confident in that knee or that leg, he might not. I don't think medical's not going to stop him. And, you know, obviously, there's a coaching decision to be made there. I mean, Drew Locke did come in for a little bit. We looked at it in real time. We did not see any major injury to his right leg or knee, lower leg or knee. Uh, he more was kind of leg whipped. And no question that it hurt. And no question that we saw the body language, too. And who can blame him? The man dislocated his knee, the other knee. It wasn't this knee. And so perhaps, you know, getting the x-rays to be negative and perhaps exam in the locker room and perhaps a MRI tomorrow will make him feel more confident. I mean, who can blame him for being a little bit gun shy? But the truth of the matter is he did lead his team to victory or maybe Patrick Sertain led his team to victory. Um, however you want to uh, put that. But I think structurally, it's not the knee that he dislocated. It's nothing major. It's something, it's more a, a pain tolerance slash effectiveness issue than a structural issue. Okay. Well, I think the most fascinating guy on the list this week, Doc, is to me, Matthew Stafford. Reports came out Sunday before the game that he's dealing with multiple injuries, elbow, ankle, back. Now, listen, the Rams went all in for this season and they're not playing well. And I don't know if Stafford has time to rest any of these injuries. I just want to get your thoughts on his injuries, if you're overly concerned about any of them, and if you saw today anything really bothering him on the field. Well, first of all, Matthew Stafford is as tough as they come. He's played through an assortment of injuries during his time in Detroit, and quite honestly, he had to, right, because he was getting beat up all the all the time. So I am not at all questioning his toughness, but... You have to understand where do these reports come from, right? I mean, uh, does is Matthew Stafford saying this? Is it his people? Is mm -hmm. it his agent? Is That's it a good team? point. You know, where does this come from? Obviously, um, you know, in, in years past, you heard about it in the off season, how he was hurt in season and different things. Here, you're hearing about it in season. Uh, who knows the motivation behind that? And I'm not saying that they're lying, okay? I can promise you this. Um, Okay, let's talk about Philip Rivers. I can say this. I promise you, the Chargers didn't do anything. First of all, I didn't create the injury report, so don't, no one can get mad at me. But the team was within the rules. Just like, uh, you know, it's week 12. Everyone has a lot of this, that, the other. Um, you know, it's not feasible that you have nothing and you're 100% healthy week 12. 
football is a collision sport, not a contact sport. So it doesn't at all surprise me that Matthew Stafford's been dealing with all these things. Look at Baker Mayfield. He's dealing with things. Look at Aaron Rodgers. He's dealing with things. Everyone's dealing with a lot of different things. I don't see any one thing that says he shouldn't be able to play through. Does it, in the end, cumulatively affect you in some way, shape, or form? Yeah, of course, maybe it does, right? Um, and uh, But I don't think there's any one thing on Matthew Stafford from watching him that says, ah, it's this physical issue, and uh, and that's why he's not going to be okay. Yeah, and good point about you never know where the reports come. Having worked in the NFL with the Patriots, I mean, you know, the, there, there was people within, let's just say, the team's inner circle that if they wanted something out, you know, they would get it out on the on the down low and it would get out. So it could be, hey, listen, the, the team's not playing well. Stafford hasn't been great. Uh, so you never know. It could be his agent. You, you don't know who's spreading this stuff, but they know if they feed it to the reporters, it'll get out there. So, Doc, let's talk about this one again. I, I think it's very interesting because, uh, you know, someone like you is going to have more insight than just your average fan. Ezekiel Elliott, he's dealing with a knee. You're hearing, you know, you know the way the Cowboys operate. You're hearing about 10 different stories coming out of Dallas. What do you think's going on here? Can he play with it? Do you think they'll end up sitting him for a bit? The right knee injury with uh, Zeke Elliott. Yeah, well, he's been playing with it. I mean, the word that came out today, it happened October 3rd, right? And is he 100%? No, but he's been playing with it. And Tony Pollard has spelled him. But Ezekiel had still had the most touches in this uh, Thursday night game. And, of course, you know, here comes the trial balloon. They're thinking about sitting him. And Zeke says, I don't want to sit. And uh, we'll see what happens. But in, in this case... Uh, there's only one doctor who uh, uh, whose word will be the final say, and that's Dr. Jones. I mean, yeah. uh, Dr. Jerry is going to say, uh, put his arm around Zeke and say, we want you to sit for a week. Or he's going to say, put his arm around Jerry. Uh, Jerry's going to put his arm around Zeke and say, keep going, big fella. You know, <laughs> we, we appreciate you. Um, we know how that organization is run. And I'm not saying the doctors won't have input. Like, if it were unsafe for him to play, they would speak up. So I'm not saying that Jerry pushes his weight around. But in the end, uh, Jerry's going to make the final decision, I believe, there. And as we always said, there's the team, the coach, the team, which is, you know, in this case, more, I think, owner than coach. We all know that. The medical in terms of what he can do. And I think he's been playing since October 3rd. There's no reason to change that. And the player, and Zeke says he wants to play. So I think the, the votes are in that the doctors are going to let him. Zeke wants to do it. So Dr. Jerry's going to cast the final vote and his vote is going to decide it. Yeah, and it'll be interesting because we always talk about, usually with quarterbacks, but you know, teams hiding behind injuries. The By any metric you use, Tony Pollard's been the more effective back this year. And they're paying one of those guys $100 million. So they can't really say, well, we're not going to give him the ball. I mean, it's it's that kind of can of worms. It'll be interesting to see how well, it approaches. Well, we've seen it in Dallas before, right? And uh, prior to your joining us, and, and look, I wish the kid well. I mean, uh, their linebacker, Jalen Smith, yeah, right. they drafted at the very top of the second round when I and everyone else league was saying he's at best a third-day pick. He was drafted right. early the second day. And Jerry rewarded him with a big contract. 
And I was looking at him going, he can't go side to side. He's not the same guy. Look, kudos that he actually contributed and, and made a second contract. But that second contract was largely Jerry, I mean, right? And and after a while, Cowboys fans knew it, that he wasn't that effective. And look at where – look, Jalen's got his money, so congratulations to him. And I'm not hating on him. I'm saying that it's a shame that he was a, quote, generational talent and that knee multi-ligament injury prevented him from achieving those generational talent goals. And so it's amazing that he had the NFL career so far that he had. But after getting the big contract a little prematurely from the Cowboys, I think all Cowboys fans now realize that he underperformed. And where is he now since he got released? It's not like he yeah. got snapped up in his, no. in his in his logging a lot of snaps and tackles somewhere else. No, the Packers picked him up, then cut him. And yeah, no, you're right, though. I mean... Listen, this we didn't have pro football doc back then, but it reminds me, you know, Willis McGahee, who had a pretty good NFL career, but he's one of the best backs I ever saw in college. I mean, he was a man playing with boys, and he suffered that. Too bad we, too bad we weren't around back then, doc. That would have been a fascinating discussion <laughs> on the Willis McGahee knee injury right before the draft. But no, well, it's was, very similar. I, I, I was around, but just not in the same way. <laughs> right. Right, we didn't have muzzle. You can't say anything about other guys and and what have you, right? I mean, well, Doc, let's go to Tampa Bay. I mean, listen, the Bucks have Tom Brady. Yeah, they're obviously going to get far in the playoffs because they have Tom Brady. But defense isn't playing well now. It's banged up. You know, the best player I would say on that defense, Devin White, the linebacker, was questionable coming into Sunday with a quadriceps injury. He had a low six score. Then he hurt his hip. He returned to the game. Uh, what are you seeing with Devin White? Devin White, you know, he's another one of these guys, right? I mean, uh, he he hasn't needed any excuses because – and I'm not saying Matthew Stafford's all about excuses. I'm just saying – He's been playing through it, but he's another example. Look, I don't know what else he has going on, but I would certainly bet that more than the two that you just named, I mean, the one he picked up today and when he had, he's got other things that you're dealing with. Like, yeah, I understand. Teams hire five athletic trainers, travel three team physicians, have a physical therapist. They're not doing it for the three injuries you see on the injury report. I mean, it's because there's a lot more going on and he is playing through. And But the guy I want to talk about, I don't know if you had a chance to see this, and uh, you can take a look at it here. Vita Vea. Yeah, my favorite player <laughs> in the league. Vita Vea with the tooth. Come on, Doc. How many times do you see a guy lose a tooth on the field? Well, <laughs> that was kind of great. You know, that's what the face mask is for, right? And right. the helmet, they kind of got jacked up, and <laughs> and uh, he got hit in the tooth. I mean, he he spits out he spits out the chiclet, right? And uh, he's bleeding, goes on the sideline, and it looks like he just washes it. He's smiling, right, like it's nothing, and washes it down with some Gatorade. I mean, you know, and and uh, moves on. And then his head coach was funny afterwards too, right, Bruce Arian, saying, oh, you got 30 others. I mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> 31 probably, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's, but let me tell you, those are kind of big deals because a crack tooth, I mean, look, for those who don't know, I think most of us probably do, and I'm certainly no dentist, but we had team dentists. They wouldn't travel with us. They'd be at home games, and we'd call team dentists and so forth, and every team has a team dentist because you never know, look, if you've got something wrong with your teeth, and a lot of these guys, you know, honestly, some of these guys come in, they haven't had their wisdom teeth pulled, and they're in pain, and they need to have pulled. Or if you have a cavity in season, it hurt. anyone who has a toothache knows it hurts like crazy kind of thing. But, you know, teeth are alive. 
right? And sometimes if you, quote, knock a tooth out, it's a little bit of an emergency. Sometimes you have an exposed nerve root on your tooth. Yeah. It can be very painful. So it's not just all fun games. Though it's just your teeth. You're fine. Sometimes it can be very painful, but it didn't seem to hurt Vita Vea at the moment when, you know, with that big smile on his face. Yeah, I, I don't want I, I don't want to see the thing that's going to hurt Vita Vea. I'll tell you that much. He's a, <laughs> he's an absolute monster. Well, Doc, let's move on. We got a couple discussion topics this week. I want to get your thoughts on. And first, I want to go to Baker Mayfield, okay? Because one of the things I think most fans get confused with is not liking a guy and not respecting a guy. Like, there's a lot of people who don't like Baker Mayfield, right? They don't like his personality. But I mean, I think it's hard. To question this guy's toughness. He's got he's getting killed out there. He's got multiple injuries. They talked on the game on Sunday night about his ankle injury. We know about the shoulder injury. So as somebody who you know does this for a living and, and can just spot guys that have injuries when other when most of us can't, when you watch Baker Mayfield, what are you seeing out there? I mean, how effective is he uh, in the pocket right now? I I see a guy who who's playing through things and, and playing hurt. I mean, uh, a guy who quite honestly, because of, you know, maybe Jack Conklin and others and lack of protection, maybe because of his previous injuries, looks a little skittish in the pocket. You know, if you want to talk about his throwing motion isn't right because of his left shoulder, we can bring in a quarterback ex- expert to look at that. Certainly he's wearing the harness still. It's very visible. He's another one of these guys who is beat up and doesn't really need the excuse. I mean, it's legitimate that he's beat up, but I don't think he's a hundred percent. And at some point in time, even watching that game, I was wondering, not because I don't think Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback, but at some point, are you better off with a fully healthy Case Keenum who's pretty familiar with Kevin Stefanski's offense because the Browns weren't really doing a ton in that game. And obviously that coaching decision wasn't made uh, in terms of what's going on. And between you and I, I've often wondered why the look i get back in the day when quarterbacks called their own plays right they needed the game flow issue and whatever now everything's radioed in and yeah you may have a little audible chance uh i wonder why the quarterback position is so sacrosanct in terms of just one guy or one starter for a certain situation right i mean when i started the nfl every running back was a three down back right because they needed to get in the flow of the game now there are very few of any three down backs right there's the yep. pass catcher, the third down back the short yardage all these different there's the pass rusher this that the other and look when i was with the san diego chargers at one point for example they were in a quarterback battle drew Brees on his rookie contract and doug flutie and my thing is for a changeup, maybe you want to play one or the other. Or let's say on a two-point conversion, who's better at getting two yards? A scrambling mobile, Doug Flutie, Flutie Magic, or Drew Brees, more pocket guy, right? They're both very good quarterbacks, right? And situational football. But I guess we still have that, you're the starter. And, and this is where we talk about hiding behind health, right? You're the starter, you're the starter, but if there's a reason we want to pull you back a little bit is because of your health. You don't just say, hey, for this scheme, I think this guy's better for this series. It's usually a little of that hiding behind health because we still have that quarterback as the leader of the team mentality. 
Yeah, and wouldn't you also agree, it's, uh, one of the other issues, too, is they pay these starting quarterbacks so much money. So there's a big gap between, you know, Jared Goff and the, the guy below him, and uh, the coaches kind of feel obligated to play those guys, don't they? Yeah, they, they do. And, you know, we'll talk about another quarterback situation. Look, and we talked about him a bunch, Zach Wilson. We said, look, we knew he's not going to be 100% for a little bit, but we thought that the Jets would wait longer because you don't want to push that young guy back out there when he's limping around kind of deal. And yet I think this week they said, oh, he's ready to go. And there's almost hiding behind health the other way. They knew he wasn't 100%. But when you have Mike White testing positive for COVID, Joe Flacco on the close contact, do you want Zach Wilson, who maybe isn't 100%, he complained of looseness in his knee, didn't have a re-injury, but we saw him limping around a little bit with that brace, and you're going to have a little laxity from that PCL. Do you want Zach Wilson that way, or do you want Josh Johnson as your starter, right? Because you didn't have Flacco as an option, you didn't have Mike White. So teams often hide behind health, in this case, the other way, right? They're saying, oh, he's healthy because we need to run him out there to give us a chance to win, and they, they did get the win so that hiding behind health can go either way all right sounds good doc um last thing i want to touch on this week this was something we were going to talk about last week but with the thanksgiving holiday we you know we got moved around a bunch because you brought it to my attention and i think it's an interesting subject antonio brown uh, there, there is a report out there that he received a fake vaccination card and we don't know if it's true or not but one of the things you brought to my attention is do you think he's the only one? It, uh, <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. I just thought maybe you could give your insights on it, on, on kind of how that all works. All right. Give me a second here. First of all, I'm an orthopedist. Second of all, I hate how polarizing the subject of COVID has become. I'm vaccinated, what have you. Uh, like I will have tweeted something saying, oh, here's the vaccine carrot. You know why the NFL is driving people and giving the advantage of those who's vaccinated. And I'll get comments back like, why does it matter they're young and healthy? Or, you know, why are we having people in stadiums? We're killing people. I'm not trying to be involved in the polarity of any of it. Look, uh, you, you and I know when I talked about this, when we saw that major respected newspaper report that Aaron Rodgers had COVID toe and we almost went hard on he doesn't have COVID toe. Look, this is yeah. a Pat McAfee show, okay? I'm not sure that Aaron Rodgers knew that COVID toe actually existed. If you listen to the whole interview, which I went back in and we did that, yeah, he did say, I got COVID. Hey, you did pretty well. What else, you know, How any residuals from COVID? Well, I got COVID toe. What he meant was during my COVID quarantine, I broke my toe, you know, working out at home. So he called it COVID toe to be funny. Later on, he did say it was a bone issue. COVID toe is not a bone issue. Yet, And I'm not trying to bag anyone, but major newspaper respected was like saying, didn't allow that it was the Pat McAfee show or, you know, it could be something else other than, COVID toe, et cetera. But to the Antonio Brown question, and it's with that background that I'm not trying to create controversy, whatever. But I would be surprised if Antonio Brown were the only, look, maybe Antonio Brown's COVID vaccination card is real. 
we don't know the truth about it, okay? All I can speak for is my experience in California, and I should, I don't have my wallet with me. I should pull out my COVID card and show you. It is so tattered and whatever because I've been carrying my wallet for, for a year, etc. Um, if you look at the cards, at least in the system we have, it, I look, I'm not a forgery guy, but look, it's probably not that hard to, to fake if someone wanted to. And once again, I'm not saying Antonio Brown's is fake, etc. Uh, but I'll let you in on a secret, and I won't say anything else. I have been asked by other NFL personnel or players about, do you give COVID vaccines? Can you get me a card? And I said, look, in California, we don't, as physicians, I never got the ability to give COVID. I don't have access to the COVID cards. And no, I wouldn't get involved in, in doing that or forging a COVID card anyways. It doesn't surprise me if there were people in the league. Did that. Look, other leagues have caught guys with COVID, fake COVID cards. The NFL has not caught a single person yet. And I'm not saying they're looking the other way on Antonio Brown, and they didn't. They did say something that they. it seemed like everything was in order. Uh, it's a new Wild West world, the policing policy, whatever, but... The NFL has 1,800, and by the time you get all these practice squads, I mean 2,000-plus athletes. The NBA and baseball, hockey, they've been smaller. They've caught guys with fake vaccine, vaccine cards. Are NFL athletes more pure and not lying than other sports? Look, I mean, it's just, it is what it is, right? So it wouldn't shock me if there were people with fake vaccine cards that the NFL hasn't detected or that are doing that. I mean, that's just the way of the world. Look, we all know drug testing, right? It's zero tolerance, the whole deal, but you only have to take for substances of abuse, not performance enhancement. There are those five random tests every Sunday. Substances of abuse is once a year. So do you really believe 1,800 athletes, average age 24 in the NFL with a good number of states making marijuana legal that we don't catch multiple people every year? I mean, it's just not, doesn't pass the smell test, so to speak. So I think it happens and it brings up that interesting point, but I'm not trying to make a big deal out of it or accuse Antonio Brown of faking it, nor am I accusing the NFL or teams of purposely you know, looking the other way with a crayon COVID fake card, right, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting topic, and we'll see how it goes, how what happens with Antonio Brown and if others are end up in being in the same situation. But, I mean, again, we're we're just talking about it objectively. We're not saying one one thing or the other. But it's it's an interesting interesting topic on, you know, how things are looked at. And if, listen, guys been doing steroids forever, you know what I mean? So it's, uh, they have pl they have places and people they can get stuff from. So if some of these players need to get this stuff, I'm sure they can. Oh, no, no, no question. And in, in, in this world, in the medical world, even look, players, professional athletes have clout. The average medical person doesn't deal with an office full of professional athletes. And so uh, there's ways for people to get stuff. I, I am quite sure, but I'm not accusing anyone of anything. 
All right. Well, Doc, uh, I know this week you're headed to my the great state of New York. Well, guess what? You can't you can't gamble there either. So unless you're five feet away from a sports book and you can walk in, but you know, uh, enjoy, enjoy your enjoy your uh, trip to New York this week, Doc. I know you'll still be on top of all the injuries. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our videos. Doc will have videos up throughout the week. Follow him at Pro Football Doc on Twitter, and make sure you go to ProFootballDoc.com, where we'll have six scores of all the players up throughout the week, all the teams, which teams have the health edge to help you make the best decisions in your fantasy lineups and when you place your bets. Doc, it's been another great podcast. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Thomas. Appreciate you.